0: This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine. Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson.
1: Good morning and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We are very excited to welcome the Hamiltonian Society's CEO, Moira Fanning. This evening marks the third night of eliminations for the Breeders' Crown, which pits the best of the best in harness racing as they compete for championship honors at Hoosier Park, Indianapolis with the finals taking place next Friday and Saturday. We're going to find out who are the front runners and learn more about the Hamiltonian society itself when Moira Fanning sits down with us in moments. Next up, Jeff Bratt. We love him. He's part of Woodbine's stellar broadcast team and busy. Oh, boy, you better believe it. There have been many major stakes races at Woodbine so far this year. Jeff Bratt will press the rewind button and walk us through a few of the more memorable race day moments, including some graded stakes races on the turf. And he'll look ahead to what is still to come at Woodbine. Great friend of the show, Ajax Downs GM Emilio Trotta is back with us on Ponies 24-7. We last spoke with Emilio way back when about opening day for the Ajax Downs quarter horse meet. Hard to believe that we're going to be talking with him about Ajax Downs' final race card of the season. This coming Wednesday, October 25th, how time flies when you're having fun. And finally, he's back. My wonderful co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and some other North American tracks racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocketship Racing. It's going to be a fantastic show. Please get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action. When we come back, Larry Simpson will join us as we talk about our new feature. In case you missed it, Ponies 24-7's recap of the week that was in horse racing news, sponsored by RS Bulk propane.
0: Pony's 24-7, the radio magazine. Brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go
2: from dark horse to winter. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets, straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices.
3: The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1970. 50. The HBPA provides members and their hard-working employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government, and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca.
0: This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson.
1: Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer. Let me introduce you to my wonderful, talented, Extraordinary co host Larry Simpson, and our, in case you missed it, a look at the week that was in horse racing news, sponsored by RS Bulk Propane. Larry, pretty exciting news. Former MPP, former Minister of Labor, Monty McNaughton, has joined Team Woodbine, and he will be the Executive Vice President, Industry Relations and People Experience.
4: Exactly. And now that, uh, you know, uh, Jim Lawson has uh, retired from the role of CEO and Michael Copeland has taken over, Uh, They're starting to put the Woodbine starting to put the pieces together, you could say, and uh, uh, to move forward because there's a lot happening. And uh, you know, Monty McNaughton is going to you know fill one of those spots, and I think he's going to do a great job with his experience and. He's also a fan yeah. of, of the sport, which helps. Like he's not coming in there without an interest to the to the business, here's, right? So, here's a
1: quote from Mr. McNaughton. But we call him that now rather than Minister McNaughton. So yeah. he said, quote, As an eight-year-old boy, I stood in the winner's circle with family friends who raced horses. The sport has captivated me ever since.
4: That's right, and that's what you want. You want people with passion. And like this is a big undertaking that Woodbine's doing with the build-out and everything. Like we had Jim on a few weeks ago, and we talked about it. And with sports betting and everything else, and you need people with passion, and between Michael Copeland and uh, now Monty McNaughton and the rest of the team, that's what you've got, passionate people.
1: And this announcement was made earlier this week, In Case You Missed It, and that's what this segment is all about. Thank you so much, Larry Simpson. That is In Case You Missed It, sponsored by RS Bulk Propane on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine.
5: Are you looking for a reliable propane supplier for your home or business? Look no further than RS Bulk Propane, Canadian owned and family operated. With our premium propane solutions, you'll experience warmth like never before. We offer competitive prices, automated deliveries, and exceptional customer service. Don't let the cold get the best of you. Stay cozy with RS Bulk Propane. Visit rspropane.com or call us today at 855-225-0225.
1: We are pleased to be joined today by the Hamiltonian Society's Chief Operating Officer, Moira Fanning. Tonight is the third night of the Breeders' Crown Eliminations at Hoosier Park. The finals of the Stakes events will be contested on October 27th and 28th. Let's go to Moira right now with more on this. Welcome to the show, and it's my first time meeting you, and I'm just honoured that you have taken the time
6: to be with us. Well, thank you, and thank you for having me. Well, let's
4: uh, talk about, uh, this has been a great season, hasn't it, for Standard Bread Racing? Talk about some of your highlights, you think.
6: Well, it's been a tremendous season for standard red racing. We had a fantastic Hambletonian, Hambletonian Oaks, both winners from the uh, 10 hole. Um We had a little brown jug. Scott Giron um, has been a- driving at the top of his form for a young guy. And uh, the the breed and the racing is flourishing. And to what do
1: you attribute that, Moira.
3: Well,
6: many of the state bred programs have really taken their mandate to improve their horses and improve their product. And you see in Ohio and Indiana, they are really, um, I just left the Indiana sale. They've given out over 200 million, I think, in 15 years. And that trickles down to the agricultural economy. They, horse farms, horse breeders employ people racing. It's, it's a, a really, tangible um, evidence when you invest in this business, you get it back. This is our 40th year of racing the Breeders' Crown, and I have to say that we have had the most entries this year, 185, Mm -hmm. that we've ever had. And we're at Hoosier in Indiana, beautiful facility, um, you know, great place to have an event, and we're very excited about it.
4: Well, talk a little bit more about Hoosier, like how... How long has it been around? We've got a lot of new listeners in that and probably have never even heard the name Hoosier Park, right? So,
6: Well, Hoosier, it's actually Harris Hoosier Park because it's got a casino. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been around for quite some time, 20-some years. They used to race both thoroughbred and harness, and then they created their own thoroughbred track. And so now they're purely harnessed. And they have made a conscious effort about, I would say, 10 years ago to really improve their stock, improve their quality, and make racing a feature of their gambling product, betting product. So we went to the first Breeders' Crown in 2017. Uh, they just knocked it out of the park with a, a an event that just really wowed the whole industry. And they were eager to get in a three-year r- rotation. So, again, they... Um, did a tremendous job in trying to salvage the event in 2020, which was a pandemic year, and then we're happy uh, to come back this year under normal circumstances, and uh, we have two nights of eliminations, then Saturday night, uh, the open Mm -hmm. and three-year-old Colt Pacers, so it's a a star-studded eliminations. We're not even to the final yet. <laughs> <laughs> and let's talk about the final.
1: I know that that's uh, coming up next Friday and Saturday. What are you expecting? What are you anticipating, both uh, on the track, but also in the stands?
6: Well, the uh, again, it's a Anderson is a little bit um, rural uh, location, so it's got a lot of attraction, uh, the casino and the uh, other events around it, and they treat the racing as one of those events. So they get a very good crowd, and people now recognize um, Hoosier as a great place to to race and to watch and participate. So they come out. They come from everywhere, Canada, Jersey, PA, et cetera. And it's a, and there's a big group here from New Zealand even. Wow. So it's really, um, on next Friday night is the four two-year-old events. We have a tremendous matchup in Carl and TCI. Uh, Carl won his elimination on Thursday night by Lynx and uh, TCI is unbeaten. So they're going to match up and one of them has to win or, and then we have got a great uh, two-year-old pacing filly. So our two-year-olds, which there's four races on Friday, are a spectacular card on their own. And then Saturday is all the three-year-olds and the open horses, eight races, and that's um, that's really just a, uh, really something to look forward to.
4: Talk about yourself for a minute, Moira. You've you've been involved in the industry for quite a long time, like myself, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, but. Uh, what was the path you took? Like, where did the passion come from for for harness racing and the path to get you where you are at the uh, Hamiltonian Society now?
6: Well, you know, harness racing is like any other sport. You have to be exposed to it to like it. And if you are, and you're with a 1 in 10 or 1 in 20, uh, people that get exposed to it, it, it seems like you're addicted to it. You're very passionate about it. There's not a lot of halfway people involved in in harness racing, and and that was my case. And you know, I've been with the Breeders' Crown for 37 years, uh, and it's a, a dream job in that. If you, it would be like going to the Super Bowl every year, working the World Series every year. These are the best horses, best drivers, best breeders, owners, and uh, you know, a lot of happy people. <laughs> so it's it really for someone like me, likes racing, it's a dream job. And what have you seen over your past thirty-seven
1: years? The changes in the industry, good, bad, or ugly?
6: Well, the industry itself has contracted somewhat. It's it, it was sad to lose a lot of our original host tracks, but, you know, change is inevitable that way. We've also created or we didn't create them, but there's also been new tracks that have been eager to host uh, events and host stake racing. The Hamiltonian Society, which owns the Breeders' Crown and the Hamiltonian and and Grand Circuit Events, has done a fantastic job since 1926 of keeping the best of racing at the forefront. And it's, it's not an easy job sometimes, but if you don't have uh, a demarcation between ordinary and special, um, then it's very hard to to make, you know, inroads to people's consciousness. Everybody knows what's happening, you know, with the um, at the Super Bowl again. I'll use that example, or at the Kentucky Derby. You don't necessarily know what happens Thursday night at your your local track, but you got to make your big events very special.
4: And I guess tracks like Hoosier and that are doing a great job of bringing new people in. They've got the casino there, but they're bringing people into the facility, and then eventually they'll wander over to watch harness racing, right?
6: Well, even, they don't have to wander over because I think it's a a lot of the the spaces are shared spaces. Mm -hmm. But you asked me about some of the changes in the industry. The health of some of these state-bred programs has brought a lot of new owners to harness racing, because it's an extremely good return on investment. Uh, If you own a harness horse in Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, they've uh, made it so that, you know, the state bred horses can go for a lot of money. Kentucky's another state that's just flourishing with that. And that's the important thing. You, you always need new players. You need new betters. You need new trainers. You need new owners. And, um, I would say the industry is, is steady and at the top end very healthy. And Moira, how important
1: is media coverage and social media coverage?
7: Well,
6: as I said, when I started here, we had a full press box at racetracks, full press box at every sport, but the, the way sports are covered is changing and the social media is a fantastic addition because everybody loves horses and everybody has a cell phone and everybody likes to put up, you know, their horse smiling or laughing <laughs> or eating his hay. This is my guy. This is my, uh, and, and it's amazing the, um, the likes and shares and impressions that social media has provided. I would say that's the biggest change and certainly the most helpful to horse racing because animals are attractive on their own. Everybody loves them, and uh, some of the content that is uh, created that's just, you know, user-created gets, a, gets thousands and thousands of, of um, engagements. Tim Teatrick, one of our leading drivers, he's probably one of the, the best and most skilled at it, and he has over 10,000 followers who, you know, just want to know what he's doing and who he's driving and who, you know, that kind of thing. So social media has been a big boon that way.
4: So, was there ever any doubt that you would end up in harness or wouldn't end up in harness racing?
6: I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I knew it would be horses, and then of course, you know, if once you meet a standardbred, they are um, just a wonderful breed of horse. They're patient. They'll do anything you want. They're willing, and you can. They're so hands-on. Like a thoroughbred, a jockey can ride it, but. You can dr- I could drive a standard bread, I could train a standard bread, and that's another big selling point of them is it doesn't take a lot to learn how to, to be around them.
1: Well you bring up a really good point that, that allows me to ask you this. Are you involved in any other way in standard bread racing?
6: Well, I am married to a horse trainer. <laughs> I do own uh, pieces of a couple of horses. Probably more than, than we should and uh so it's it's my daughters say are you, when you go on vacation do you so ever go anywhere there's not horses and the answer is no we don't <laughs> we we're fortunate that we both are very invested in the business and also really like it.
4: I'm going to put you on the spot now, Moira. Greatest horse you ever saw race and why?
6: Oh, Nyatros. Um, simply because he was the secretariat of of, of harness horses. In a time when the breed had not advanced that much in in confirmation or speed, he was simply an overpoweringly uh, good horse and. I never lost unless there was some adversity involved. Like I think he fell on the hub rail one time and he got uh, interfered with one time. Other than that, he he never lost. And he was still at the time when horses were huge uh, folk heroes. Um, he was in the New York Times. He was in uh, he was he was a uh, just a very popular horse.
1: And we've talked at length about horses. Let's move to the drivers. What have you seen, and and who impresses you the most at this point?
6: Well, uh, of course, the niatros of drivers is John Campbell, and he we're extremely fortunate that when John decided he wanted to cut back on driving or stop driving, the uh, job came up as president of the Hamiltonian Society. One of the most serendipitous things in the history of the world. So he's been a tremendous leader, uh, as good a leader as he was a driver. So, um, not just because he's my boss, either.
8: <laughs>
6: but but you see, it, it, is, it is very heartening to see uh, younger drivers coming up today. And um, when when I say younger, you have people like Yannick Gingra. He's 30 years old, in his 30s, and he's a, a top driver. Um, it takes some time to be a really good driver, but we're very uh, blessed to have a colony of, of drivers that are extraordinary athletes no matter their
4: age. And it, it's it's amazing you talk about you throw all these names out and they all have one thing in common they're all Canadians, right? <laughs>
6: <laughs> okay, I'll say Brian Sears. He's, <laughs> he's <smart>. Touche.
4: <laughs> but no, I guess my 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 question would be Canada has has really played a major role, you could say, in the breeder's crown and in harness racing in the US. haven't they?
6: And growing the industry. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and and, and the culture of the horse is still stronger in Canada and you still have families you know where the where the kids grow up working in the barn, and that's what they want to do. Um, it it is, you know, our our U.S. centers are somewhat urbanized now, like the Meadowlands and, and freehold, and so it, it's difficult. The horse is losing ground just the way farms and agriculture are in in social consci- consciousness. So, but the Canadians keep sending us a steady supply, and and so do the Australians. Touche. There you go.
4: (laughs) 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 Moira, thanks for doing this, and here's to a great uh, Breeders' Crown.
6: Absolutely. Thank you very much. Friday, Saturday night, almost uh, $8 million in purses. It's going to be a a fantastic event.
1: Well said. Thank you, Moira Fanning. Okay, thank you very much. When we come back, Woodbine's Jeff Bratt joins us on Ponies 24 7, the radio magazine.
0: Ponies 24 7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059 The Region. We'll be right back.
7: Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to visit their Pineview dealership and view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today and take advantage of some hot summer savings deals. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905 851 2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice.
9: Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standardbred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to ontarioracing.com and experience the
0: excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson.
1: Welcome back to Pony's 24-7, the radio magazine. We are so happy to be joined by Jeff Bratt. He's part of Woodbine's amazing broadcast team. Busy guy, run off his feet, you bet. Welcome back to the show, Jeff. Great to have you with us and wonderful to hear your voice again.
8: I always have time for you guys. Thank you so much for calling me, and I hope that you have a great weekend, and hopefully we pick some winners along
4: the way. Well, you're going to help us there shortly, but uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's let's talk about the the woodbine meet. We're but what three quarters into it now, and uh, you know, talk about you know, in your opinion, some of the highlights, or at least highlights for you.
8: That's a great question, Larry. I was not expecting that. You're putting me on the spot as <laughs> usual. I like it. Um, highlights. Uh, let's start with I would say Sophia Vives. Um, she's been a m- miraculous story this season. It's the sec- success that she's had. Um, we've got a lot of young apprentices actually coming up, which I think is fantastic to see. Um, I love the fact that the international's back. I think that's a very important race. Um, so I'm glad that's kind of back on the radar. What else? Um, I love the fact that the Phillies have done well against the boys and that's going to be one of the things that we'll talk about in one of our races coming up later on today as well. Like Elysium Field, she ran great in the breeder Stakes. She she obviously ran well in the plate as well. Um, and what else? And the fact that I've been asked to come on the Pony Show <laughs> on numerous occasions. That is, that is another one of my highlights for this season. Well, well. that's the biggest one. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's one thing to be asked to be
1: on the show but to be asked back that's huge. So <laughs> So Jeff, let's talk about the broadcast side of things. I I was glued to my television set watching everything that the broadcast team including you of course did. And I thought that there was just this this step up. It was just better than I've ever seen it and smoother and more interesting. What happened? What what energized the broadcasting this year?
8: Well, and the check is in the mail. Thank you, first of all, uh, (laughs) (laughs) for those wonderful comments. I I, I think the one thing that we've tried to do year in, year out is to step up the game. And the one thing that our leader, who is Rob Platts, tries to tell us is to give information that you can't get in the program. whether that's via interview or via replays or potentially maybe, you know, a horse that had a trouble trip or something like that, that we can pass along that information. I think that is kind of our goal, to help out the horse player in that regard, just to tell them a little bit of information that you can't get by just reading the past performance lines. Also, I'm very fortunate. I work with some wonderful people. I work with Monique Vag and Elisa Blow. Uh, They're able to join me on a regular basis as well. Robert Geller, our track announcer, is top-notch, obviously. So I feel very fortunate to work with not only people that I respect, but I call friends as well. And I just think, I think from that regard, I think when you have fun at your job, it shows. And um, that's definitely what we try to do. We try to have fun while giving away some pretty good tidbits as well.
1: And can I just add this before we go further with this interview? You kind of lifted the veil when it came to horse racing. And and for me, as somebody who is is new to this but loving it, it really helped to to have some insight into this incredible sport that, that we didn't know about.
8: And I think that's kind of our job too. See, like it, It's hard in one regard because we have to make sure that we're reaching the hardcore audience, but at the same time, we can't forget that we need to get new people in the game at the same time as well. And I think that's where social media kind of comes into the mix of things as well. You know, we try to have some fun there. Um, I, I, the, the one thing, Anne, that I have found when bringing people to the races for the first time is the intimidation factor. It's mm. just like, it's a bunch of numbers on paper where do I start? How do I bet? And if we can keep it simple, I'm all about the kiss principle. Then I, I think we've we've passed some some pretty big barriers along the way. So that's kind of been my thinking my whole time working here. So I hope that we've done that in some regard.
4: So when you're doing your broadcast and then you, you wrap up and and do you, do you guys kind of do like a think tank after you wrap up and maybe it's <laughs> sometime maybe after two or three the shows you'll do it or do you do it after every show and just say, you know, what do you think we can add? What do you think we can change? So at the
8: start of the year, we have, we probably meet more at the start of the year than we do once the year starts. So at the start of the year, we tend to have a lot of changes. We'll meet, um, and we'll try to figure out, okay, did that work? Did that not work? Um, we tend to email a lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's uh, one of our big tools. We definitely email each other a lot or text each other a lot to try and figure out what's working. Um, and I don't know about you, but back in your day, commercial breaks are great for saying, "Well, that didn't go so good." Or <laughs> <That>. <laughs>
1: sometimes we did it when we were live on the air. We would say yeah, that.
8: Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
8: so, uh, so that's another time that we kind of uh, we kind of look back, and uh, I think that's more that's more immediate uh, feedback than <laughs> than uh, than, uh, than maybe positive feedback. But yeah, that just tends to be that's all about open lines of communication. Like even for me, like I've been here the longest of anybody, but still. I, I want to try new stuff. I want to know. I can sometimes get in a bit of a rut, so I want to try and, you know, make sure that I'm not um, I'm not stale by any means. So uh, I still think my best before date is still a ways away. So I, I hope that um, <laughs> funny. I hope that we're I hope that we're still mm. able to uh, to provide some pretty good information and uh, still the show has some pretty good things out. And we're very fortunate too. Like one thing about Woodbine too, they have invested. Like you look at our facilities compared to any other racetrack. We have spent a lot of money on the TV production side of things. We're very fortunate from that point of view.
1: I want to ask you, it was announced earlier this week that former uh, uh, politician, former MPP, former Minister of Labor, Monty McNaughton, is joining the team. What a coup that is.
8: The fact, too, that he is able to come in and has a little bit of a background in the game, too, and I think it's a big plus, too, because he was speaking to one of the articles i was reading about the fact that he, he came as a fan and he understands the excitement of the game and obviously the fact that you know he's had his his thumb in the politics game as well that's going to help us out a little bit too i think if we have to do some negotiations with the government down the line too so um i, I just think the fact that he knows racing and understands racing I, I think is a major plus for us as well too because um you know that's that's something I don't know how Larry got involved in the game, but like for me, I got involved with my family members and or at, like friends bring people to the races as well. I think that tends to be how people get involved in the game. So if he can bring some new people into the game as well,
4: I think that's a huge plus. And the key is you bring them and you get them back a second time. Huge. Yep. Yep, exactly, exactly. I
8: still want to meet with, I still have Ann on the show. I, I got to make sure that Ann comes on the <laughs> show here, does a cameo appearance with us, and maybe give us, a couple of selections.
4: What about me? You never invite me.
8: <laughs> well, Larry, uh, you, uh, you always have an open invitation. But uh,
4: well, plus,
1: he's too good at what he does. You know. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, my head's swollen now.
1: <laughs> so, Jeff, let's let's put you to work. Um, okay. Let's talk about handicapping. How do you do it? What What makes you accurate, comfortable? And sought after in terms of your handicapping skills
8: well i'm um how can i how can I categorize myself? <laughs> I'm a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to trying to f- uncover every part of the equation, so I print off the past performances and then I look up pedigrees and then I watch replays everything is available online now, and, which is amazing. that's a huge plus for us in this game, whereas. 20, 30 years ago, that wasn't available. So the fact there are so many tools now to be available online, where you can find that information, I think is huge. I spend between two or three hours per card uh, when it comes when the overnight comes out, just looking at uh, pedigrees and looking at uh, replays and stuff like that. And while some days I get up and I'm like, man, I got a handicap another card race, and I don't really feel like doing this. I have to give myself a bit of a kick in the butt and say, Jeff, you're getting paid to cover a sport that you love. So mm-hmm. just do it. And um, and, and, and I and I do really, really enjoy it, especially on the big days. Those are fun, too. I love talking about the young horses, too, because those are the future stars, right? It's like covering junior hockey. You get to see the next uh, Connor Bernard and stuff like that.
4: I know when we had you on the last couple of times, we've asked you about your favorite handicapping angle, and you said it's the first time gelding angle. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> is is there another one too that might be a, a go to?
8: Um, there's a, be a couple. I I think I love horses that I think maybe that I've seen in the paddock that are size or individuals that maybe want to go around two turns. So mm. probably like the sprinter route angle. I kind of like that too, especially with young horses, because imagine like you're you're not physically developed and yet you're you're a bigger horse and you're trying to keep up in these short distance races and you just can't do it. And all of a sudden you get a chance to go a little bit longer. I, I think that's a big plus. That's probably one of my favorite angles as well for horses that are going uh, from sprints to routes that have just been aching for a chance to get a little bit more ground to work with.
1: Let's talk about the Phillies as you did earlier in this interview. Mm-hmm. And you're pretty impressed this season by the Phillies. Why is that?
8: I don't know what's going on, Anne. I would say over the last... Uh, maybe 15, 20 years, the Phillies have just been so good. And I think in many years, the Philly crop is better than the boys crop for whatever reason that that could be. Um, You look at the number of Phillies that have won the Queens player, the Kings Plate in recent years. It's just been, it's been amazing. I can't put my finger on why they've done exceptionally well. One thing I really think that Ontario racing has done that I think American racing could learn a lot about is the Oaks in the States is the day before the Derby. And whenever that happens, you're rarely going to see a Philly on the Kentucky Derby. Whereas with us, the Oaks is four weeks out before the plate. So horses that run well in the Oaks can go in the plate. I like that. I, I just think, and I think from a, from a cheering point of view, who doesn't like to cheer on the Philly against the boys? It's kind of like the underdog story, right? So um, I, I think we've done that really, really well from our Triple Crown point of view as well.
4: Before we uh, put you to work on uh, today's card, I want to talk about one race in particular today, the Ontario Derby, and in mm-hmm. particular a horse by the name of Touch and Ride, who happened to win the Breeders' Stakes uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I think somebody here in this room picked that horse, if I wasn't it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know who it was, but anyway, um, uh-huh. he is cutting back from a mile and a half on the on the turf, but he is going turf to synthetic, right? So, uh, what's your opinion on him?
8: I think he has done a miraculous job in his career. When you look at this, Larry, imagine as a hockey player, you're in the third game of your career, and you're in the Stanley Cup final. And that's where Touch and Ride found himself. He's in the Kings plate in his third career start. Mm-hmm. And from a seasoning point of view, you know, he, just, he wasn't quite there. He didn't run poorly. He finished fifth. He had a bit of a wide trip on that day. And then the breeders, he was able to, uh, he was able to win. And what's so amazing about him is his mom, Negan's Touch, uh, had already dropped a Breeder Stakes winner in Nipawa, So she's produced two Breeder Stakes winners now, which is an amazing accomplishment. I don't mind the cutback. I, I think his-, his best days are ahead of him. I think he's going to be a wonderful horse next season. Um, he's definitely got a huge shot coming up a little bit later on today. I love the fact that Veloster's kind of figure things out. You know, he got off to a bit of a slow start this season. Um, Stanley House, you-, you look at Stanley House, Larry, and it's hard to believe he still has never won a stake race. The number of times we've talked about him, you look at him, and he's like, wow, he hasn't won a stake race yet. And uh, he's going to go in the starting gates. And Cool Kiss finally gets a little bit of luck when it comes to post positions. And here we got the Phillies again, Forever <laughs> Dixie and Solo Album. They're, they are third and second choice on the morning line. So um, they obviously have a huge shot in this race as well. This has come up as a wonderful event, the Ontario Derby, for, for this portion of the season.
1: And let's talk about the other ra- uh, races on the card today.
8: So let's uh, let's get to some of the other races on the program. So what else do we have to keep an eye on in here? I'm trying to focus in on the fact that we've got some year-olds coming up in race number five that I think potentially could uh, do some good things. I think Kevin attard has got a pretty good one there, and the number four, that being Flash in the sky. I definitely want to keep a keen eye on that one. And uh, my best bet comes up a little bit later on in the program in race number eight, and I'm hoping to get some trick-or-treat money with the, this one. <laughs> and this is Ambassador Luna in race number eight. Ambassador Luna. It's 5-2 uh, on the morning line. What happened to her last time out is she ran on a day where you, you, you couldn't make up any grounds. You, you had to go to the front. and If you got to the front, you tend to keep on going. And she was just simply spinning her wheels. I think she'll be a lot better coming up a little bit later on today. So race number eight, let's hope for a trick, not a treat. No, <laughs> vice versa. Let's hope for a treat, not for a trick. Uh, with Ambassador Luna coming up in race number eight on the day.
1: You are so interesting, and you do such a great job, Jeff. Thank you so much for joining us on Ponies Twenty Four Seven. It was a pleasure, and I didn't say anything about your last name this time around. Oh, uh, you're you're allowed to, end <laughs> and and uh, Larry, you can come on the show anytime.
4: I was just going to say, uh, I'm taking that open <laughs> invitation to heart now. So.
1: so, so when you were a when you were a very young man, and maybe you were the the, the youngest of your family, people would say, "Well, there's a little brat."
4: That's it. There you go. Uh, I had to. Yeah. I she had couldn't, she really couldn't, couldn't let it so go, I could she? Had to do, I just <laughs> had to do it.
1: You're a, such a good sport. Thank you very much, Jeff Bratt.
8: Okay. Thank you very much, guys. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks,
1: Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Time for a break here on Ponies 24-7. When we come back, Ajax Downs, GM Emilio Trotta.
0: Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com.
5: Are you looking for a reliable propane supplier for your home or business? Look no further than RS Bulk Propane. Canadian owned and family operated. With our premium propane solutions, you'll experience warmth like never before. We offer competitive prices, automated deliveries, and exceptional customer service. Don't let the cold get the best of you. Stay cozy with RS Bulk Propane. Visit rspropane.com or call us today at 855-225-0225.
1: Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. The last time we spoke with Ajax Downs GM Emilio Trotta, it was the start of the season. This Wednesday, the quarter horse track wraps things up. Hard to believe. Where did the time go? Emilio, welcome back to the show. Great to have you with us. Well,
10: thanks for having me, guys. And, yeah, time flies. Mm -hmm. I can't believe we're here at the end already. And
1: you are having fun. (laughs) You are having fun.
10: (laughs) (laughs) Every day. Every day is a fun day.
4: Yeah, yeah. So is it bittersweet that the uh, quarter horse season's coming to an end on Wednesday?
10: Um, Yes, it is. Um, it's, uh, It's been a long season, but also, as we just talked about a few seconds ago, it's gone by pretty quick. So... Glad that it's here, but also a little sad at the same time.
1: And how would you describe this past season? Let's talk about the hopefully more ups than downs.
10: It was actually a very successful year, even though it was challenging with our horse population. But I'm, I'm happy to say that our, our wagering is up. It'll be up about 10% by the time all is said and done, which is fantastic from last year. And we managed to do that with a slightly smaller horse population. So I think we did a great job.
4: I want to talk about horse population in a minute, but why do you think that the uh, handle was up to 10%?
10: Actually, I believe it's because the quarter horse racing is is becoming a little bit more popular, as well as our exposure and working with Woodbine has grown uh, throughout North America through their network. So I think those two things combined have helped us quite a bit.
1: And Emilio, explain a, a little bit about that uh, partnership with Woodbine. What is it and how has that helped?
10: With the uh, the new funding agreement that came into play a few years ago, Woodbine took over all the exporting signal uh, marketing initiatives. Well, most of them, not all of them. And um, so we now run through their network and their connections. So wherever Woodbine Racing was shown, we have been able to ride on those coattails and, and hop along. So that expanded our network uh, automatically a couple of years ago. And with the continued exposure now that we have, uh, people are getting hooked on court horse racing.
4: Well, before we talk about some highlights of the uh, this, I'm going to call it the past season, uh, you alluded to the fact that there is a shortage of uh, horses, of quarter horses. Uh, is, it, is it getting better at all, or is it still a challenge?
10: It will get better. Yeah. There are people breeding once again. Uh, so that is great news. We've been hearing that. So we're looking forward to the new stock coming in. But as you know, that takes time, right? The breeding, mm-hmm. yearlings, and then, you know, they come out as two-year-olds. So it, it, there's a bit of a, a time lag but we're hoping that we start seeing some of that growth starting next year and then the following year after that.
1: Emilio, for listeners who maybe are new to this sport, to this industry, can you describe what a quarter horse is?
10: It is a shorter, little stockier horse than what a thoroughbred is. And they they are just bred to run those short distances. And I, I've always compared it, and I believe I've said this on the show before, um, it's like the 100 meter sprint of the Olympics,
1: mm-hmm.
10: and uh, it's it's they run the quarter mile or a shorter distance. Sometimes they'll run a little longer, uh, but for the most part, quarter mile or shorter, and they just let her go right from the gates, and it's it's done in 20 seconds or less, depending on the length of the race. Um, unbelievable, and uh, that that's pretty much the difference between the thoroughbred. It, it's a it's a full out tilt all the way from start to finish versus thoroughbreds you know they're pacing themselves and then they they get that final kick there towards the end
4: well let's uh let's talk about some of the highlights then of the uh of this season uh you know you've had some great stakes races obviously you've had some great crowds um you know talk about that
10: well we each year We used to run in the past, sorry, we used to run in the past every Sunday and it was always a family event. And then COVID happened and then we switched over to Wednesdays because we weren't allowed to have crowds. And now that we're back to normal, for lack of a better word, uh, we decided to keep some Sundays and sprinkle them throughout the season in order to keep that family atmosphere. Well, those Sundays have been jammed uh, as they have in the past, but what's happened in the summertime on our Wednesdays is that those crowds have been growing as well and this year on a Wednesday afternoon, believe it or not, you know, with the folks that are on vacation or the kids at home for the summer, uh, we had some really good crowds and uh, our marketing efforts are coming through on that so it's great.
1: And are we looking at superstars when it comes to quarter horses that you've seen this season racing at Ajax Downs. And I, I now I'm thinking, because you describe them as, as uh, athletes in a different way, um, I'm thinking of the Usain Bolt of quarter horses.
10: So, we used to have here had to be Ivory, who was course of the year a couple times. He's now running in the U.S. Uh, he's doing so well. He's done so well here in Canada that he's moved to the U.S. and competing with uh, a lot of the AQHA challenge horses and actually won a couple races down there and has done really well. But the up-and-comers up here, Snow Moose is another one to look out for, a great three-year-old. Uh, so we've got a couple others coming up, too. So um, Crash on Okie, and there's, there's some really good horses coming up.
4: What have you got uh, coming up this Wednesday?
10: So this Wednesday, we've got the Alex Peacoff Memorial for Charity. Mm-hmm. For the two-year-olds. So that's a big race, and that's going to be uh, very tightly contested. So we've got uh, 10 of our best two-year-olds running in that. So that uh, is going to be the highlight of our year-end uh, season. And then we've got, uh, well, we'll probably have 10 or 11 races that day. And we're also going to have a Battle of the Breeds race that day on our last day. Ooh. We're going to have some thoroughbreds going up against some quarter horses in an 870-yard, which is about four furlongs, race.
1: That will
10: also be our feature.
1: That sounds unusual. Is that one of the first times that we've ever seen something like that?
10: We've had some of those back in the day at Fort Erie, back in 2012, I want to say, Uh Um, when, you know, we were all racing a lot. We used to race 45 days here, and then at the end of the year, they'd go continue on the quarter horses and run at Fort Erie and uh, that's when we had a few or a couple of the Battle of Breed races. So we wanted to bring that back this year, and uh, so for our last day, we've got one running.
4: So throw a couple of names out, names of horses that are going to be in the uh, uh, Alex P. Cove Memorial on, on Wednesday.
10: I love this name, Wicked Wild Willie. Try <laughs> to say that ten times fast. Woo! <laughs>
4: Alliteration.
10: I can I barely get it out just saying it one time. Uh, and then we got Willie Lump Lump is entered in the race uh, <laughs> Snow Magically Sweet uh, Hawk in the Straw General Skywalker yeah there's some pretty cool names in there
1: how does your race caller how does your announcer handle that
10: <laughs> I Very tell carefully you Frank Ferrari is fantastic <clears throat> go on YouTube and listen to a couple of races and you gotta hear him go he's, he's amazing
1: tell us more about him
10: he's been with us well, since I've been here since '9, and I think he was here before then, too, uh, and he's got a great voice, and uh, he knows everyone. he's been here so long, and he's a great guy.
1: Yeah. And he a tri- tri- horse lover. And he doesn't trip over the, the names, hopefully, because that could be sticky.
10: <laughs> Not very often. Mm. I haven't heard Frankie uh, mess up very often mm-hmm. at all. It's pretty good.
4: Yeah. Well, let's, uh, look forward to, uh, next year. It's probably still early, but, uh, uh, how do you see next year coming about? Did, will there be maybe some more dates or is that still early to tell?
10: Yeah, there, I don't think there'll be any more dates until that population really starts to, uh, take the uptick. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we're probably still a couple years away. Any racetrack is probably a couple years away from adding dates, um, so, for now, we're just sticking with what we got, and we're just hoping that our horse population will grow and turn around. And we're going to set the same goals we did this year, and that is a 10% growth in wagering handle, and hopefully a growth in the number of races actually held within our 25-day meet.
4: So, do you think next year you may see more races between the thoroughbreds and quarter horses, like you're showing on on Wednesday?
10: I hope so. I'm hoping that uh, next year they become a regular thing and maybe we can run them every two to three weeks.
1: I want you to take us into your war room, as I call it, where you and the rest of the team from Ajax Downs gets together as frequently as you have through the season and as you're preparing for Wednesday's card. How do you put it all together? Do you listen to what everyone has to say? Do you lead the pack? How does it all come together? I'm going to just call you general. Emilio Trotta, instead of general manager. General, sir.
10: (laughs) Well, I tell you, it's a lot of phone Mm calling and a lot of strategic planning because when you're dealing with a limited number of horses and you've got a wide variety of different types of horses that fit certain conditions to try to merge conditions or something that will get them to enter, but at the same time, allow them to feel or believe that they'll be competitive in those conditions that we're trying to write that will fit a wide variety of horses. Um, It's tough, and it's a lot of phone calling. But uh, we sit there, we strategize, and we look at inventories, and we know our trainers, and we give them a call, see what they got, and we just kind of go through the list and start uh, trying to allocate them and see if they're willing to go into certain conditions when uh, we're trying to put a card together.
4: How did you get involved with uh, Ajax Downs originally, Emilio?
10: Oh, I was I was the money guy. Oh, back in the day of the SARP days, when uh, you know the money was flowing in, I was the budget and finance person uh, running the the books. And then uh, as time evolved, I ended up uh, moving into running the entire operation. So,
1: and what's that been like for you?
10: Challenging, but fun.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Interesting.
10: And I'll tell you why. It's because Ajax Downs, the quarter horse industry, has been, we did so well back in the day that we had a lot of reserve money uh, put away. We used that once Sarp had moved on. We saved that money, we used it up, and then we had to get into the, uh, the new program that was put out, the uh, government funding deal that came out for the other racetracks that remained behind uh, after Sarp. And so we had to fight our way in there. And then with casinos being privatized, we lost the bid for a new casino. So there's a new casino that opened up a few kilometers away. So there was fear of the facility shutting down once again. So there was Sarp. And then when our reserves ran out, horse people were afraid that we'd be shutting down again. So we're like Fort Erie. I look at the two tracks similar where We're supposed to be closed 10 years ago, and here we are. We're all still running.
4: And you are still running. And before we let you go, uh, was there one race this year that still resonates with you as uh, one of the best performances?
10: For me personally? Yeah. Yes. There's a horse out there that apparently was named, had something to do with my name anyway one of the uh, breeders decided to call their horse Hot to Trotta. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's
10: funny. So
7: <laughs> when
10: that horse ran for the first time this year, as the Ontario sired two-year-old, uh, that was pretty cool. Didn't win, but it was pretty cool.
1: Before we let you go, now we really have to ask you this. Everything wraps up on Wednesday. What are you going to do when it wraps up? What is your plan just for you, Emilio Trotta, or Hot to Trotta?
10: I'm going to Stockholm, Sweden.
1: Really? Why? That sounds great. Yeah.
10: Going to go catch a hockey game there. The NHL is showcasing a bunch of NHL teams out there, so I'm going to go catch the Leafs play in Stockholm in November.
4: That sounds great. Perfect. Perfect. There's
10: my little treat to myself.
4: Yeah. Okay.
1: Room for two more? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> he, he got room?
10: <laughs> sure, come on, let's go.
1: Emilio, thank you so much for taking the time. It was just great being with you, and all the best on Wednesday, and uh, you have a great time in Sweden. Yep. That sounds fantastic.
10: Thanks, guys, and we really appreciate all your support as well. Have a great off-season, and cheers, all the
1: best. And yep. you as well. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So please make sure your HPI accounts and your Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime. Stay with us for Larry's amazing ponies picks of the day sponsored by rocket ship racing
0: ponies 24 7 the radio magazine brought to you by woodbine woodbine mohawk park ontario racing and rocket ship racing listen live at 1059 the region.com
7: Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to visit their Pine view dealership and view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today. And take advantage of some hot summer savings deals. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905 851 2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice.
0: This is 1059 The Region.
1: Before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Lucky Larry gives us his Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocketship Ship Racing. And I emphasize the word lucky, Larry.
4: I hope I'm lucky, <laughs> <Me Anne. too.
1: laughs> Thank
3: you. Larry. <laughs> Let, let's start
4: at Woodbine. They have an 11 race card today, including the $150,000 Grade 3 Ontario Derby featuring recent Breeder Stakes winner Touch and Ride. Race 2, though, is a maiden special weight for fillies and mares, three and up, a purse of $111,600. It's seven furlongs on the tapita surface. It's a compact field of seven have been entered, including number three, Princess on a Mission, goes turf to synthetic, which is a big successful move for Hall of Fame trainer Roger Atfield. And is also this, this horse is also first Lasix today, another successful move of that tar- Atfield's, I should say. This filly has taken money in each of her five lifetime starts and shows a nice one minute and one five furlong breeze since her last start on October the 1st. Atfield also teams up today with jockey Rafi Hernandez, friend of the show. And together, the pair have won at a 25% clip in 2022 and 2023. Princess on a Mission finished a close second, two back as a beaten favorite, and with the addition of Lasix today and going turf to synthetic, looks to have a great chance. So Woodbine Race 2, number 3, Princess on a Mission. Keeneland carries on with their fall meet today with a 10-race card that includes the grade 2, $350,000 Ravens Run Stakes. Race 7, though, is a maiden special weight, 3-year-olds and up. It's a mile and a sixteenth on the dirt, a purse of $100,000. A full field of 12 with two also-eligibles have been entered, including number 5 Malibu Springs, who's making the productive third start off the layoff. This guy has made three lifetime starts and actually debuted back in April at Keeneland, and at that time he was in the Todd Pletcher barn. He returned in September... And is now in the J.K. Sweezy barn, who quietly is having a terrific year, winning at a 14% win rate. And this horse has shown speed in every race, which is a great attribute to have, especially at Keeneland. And trainer Sweezy entices top jockey Flavian Pratt to ride today. Malibu Springs finished second in his last race at the Belmont at Aqueduct Meet, where he finished second, and since that race, he has worked a bullet 47-1 breeze over the Keeneland surface. So Keeneland, race seven, number five, Malibu Springs. Santa Anita has a nine-race card today, and race five is a maiden special weight for California bred or sired maidens, three, four, and five years old. It's six and a half furlongs on the turf, for purse is $61,000, with eight horses entered and one also eligible. And to me, this race goes through number two, Antibes, a three-year-old despite being let go at odds of 30 to 1 in his first lifetime start. This horse, by smiling tiger, finished a closing third on September 29th race. This guy got away from the gate slowly and lacked room in the stretch and actually only missed second by a nose. This was a great debut by Antibes, and trainer Carla Gaines is 21% with maidens making their second start, and actually worked Antibes on October 14th, five furlongs in 101 and 4 handily. This guy also has some pedigree behind him, as four of his seven siblings have raced and, and won with three of them, winners on the turf, including a winner of $209,000. Antibes gets an extra half furlong to work with, and with that one start under the belt, he should be fine-tuned for good effort today. So San Anita, race five, number two, Antibes. Finally, Woodbine Mohawk Park has an 11 race card tonight. Race four is a one-mile pace, a purse of $18,000. Ten horses have been entered. Number three, Mama's son Bern showed a different style in racing, I should say, by leaving the gate for the first time and leading to the three-quarter pole. Usually when you see a horse change its racing style, especially leaving the gate like Mona's Sunburn did last week, then this is usually a sign that this horse is coming back into shape. This guy spent most of the summer racing way over his head in free-for-alls and preferred events. Even his last start was for a $28,000 purse. Tonight, trainer Carmen Asciallo props uh, Mama's Sunburn down, and when you combine this with the gate move, last start, and some post-position relief tonight, it looks like Mama's Sunburn should be prime for a big race tonight. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race four, number three, Mama's Sunburn.
1: Amazing grace, or should I say amazing race? That would be more in keeping with you, Larry. Fine work, as always. I look forward to being with you next Saturday. Before we go, a quick shout-out to Mark at Fans of Horse Racing. Hey, Mark. And goodbye. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. A little reminder, if you would like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, please email Larry Simpson at... The Ponies 247 Experience at gmail.com. And also, don't forget about the Ponies 247 Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma. For more information on this, please go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca/slash ponies, and donate to this worthy cause. Stay with 1059 The Region all weekend long. Thank you for listening.
0: Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Ann Romer and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more from the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.